Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Holidays After Dark, the podcast that celebrates both the dark and light sides of holidays. I'm your host, Kristen. I've always had a lot of mixed feelings about February. Winter is still going on, but without all of the fun, cozy Christmas stuff. Don't get me wrong, I've been known to leave at least some of my Christmas decor up through February, intertwined with my Valentine's Day decor, but it still just isn't as fun. But instead of wallowing in what is now Christmas past, I try to focus on things to look forward to for the year ahead, like trips I plan to take and the other holidays awaiting their annual celebration. Making year-round celebrations a bigger part of my life and being able to share those with my fellow holiday enthusiasts was one of my big motivations for starting this podcast. In the last episode, I told you a little bit about the history of Valentine's Day and a few different theories about how and why the holiday came to be in the first place. But what about February? Where did the month of romance get its name? Let's find out. The ancient Romans had a festival for nearly everything, and if you were a god, you were pretty much guaranteed to get your very own holiday. Pretty nice, right? How do you feel about that? Would you want your own holiday? Or is that what our birthday is supposed to be? I think I'd be down with my own holiday in addition to my birthday, especially if my holiday got me a day off work. Just saying. But anyway, the god Februarius didn't just get his own holiday, he got his own month. Februarius was a god associated with both death and purification. His name literally means purifier. He was worshipped by the Etruscans, an ancient civilization in central Italy, as both the god of purification and the god of the underworld. The Etruscans also viewed him as the god of riches and death. Februarius may have become the Roman Februus, the god of fever and malaria. This is possibly connected with the sweating of fevers, which was considered a purification process from whatever ailment one may have been suffering from. February was dedicated to Februarius, and it was the month in which Rome was purified by making offerings and sacrifices to the gods of the dead. This finally leads us to the festival. Februalia was a month-long period of sacrifice and atonement involving offerings to the gods, prayer, and sacrifices. It was held at the end of the Roman calendar year, which originally had only 10 months. If you were a wealthy Roman who didn't have to go out and work, you could spend the entire month of February in prayer and meditation, atoning for your misdeeds the rest of the year. These spring purification activities occurred at about the same time as Lupercalia, which I touched on in the first episode of Holidays After Dark. Because of the association with fire as a method of purification, at some point, Februalia became associated with Vesta, a hearth goddess. Because her power extended over altars and hearths, all prayer and sacrifices ended with Vesta. Vesta was rarely represented in human form, but was instead 
represented by fire. If you're a modern-day pagan or just someone looking to observe Februalia as part of your spiritual journey, there are a number of ways you can do so. Consider this a time of purging and cleansing in your life. Do a thorough spring cleaning and get rid of all the things that no longer bring you happiness. Take an out-with-the-old, in-with-the-new approach and eliminate the excess stuff that is cluttering your life, both physically and emotionally. If you're someone who has a hard time letting go of things, rather than just throwing stuff out, rehome it to friends or take it to a donation center and let someone else enjoy its presence in their life. This can be a great way to get rid of that shirt you haven't worn since college, the books you don't plan to read again, or household items that seem to make great dust collectors. Who knew that by making those once or twice a year trips to Goodwill, we are actually kind of participating in a pagan ritual? You could also take this time to honor the goddess Vesta in her role as deity of the home, hearth, and domestic life. Make offerings of wine, honey, olive oil, or fresh fruit as you begin your rituals. Light a fire in Vesta's honor. If you aren't able to do that because, like me, you don't have a fireplace, it's perfectly okay to burn a candle to celebrate Vesta. Just be sure to extinguish it when your ritual is finished. Switching gears from the historical to the present, are you trying to come up with ideas for ways to celebrate or recognize Valentine's Day this year? Are you tired of the same old pink hearts and sappy rom-coms? Me too. So I did a little research on ideas that would truly make for a perfect Valentine's Day for those of us who like things a little more spooky than your average holiday enthusiast. I came across a list on a website called Rebels Market, which I will link in the show notes. Rebels Market is a gothic lifestyle shop and blog. They sell really cool gothic clothing and accessories for both men and women. In their blog, they discuss everything from corsets to tattoos to, fortunately for us, how to have a perfectly gothic Valentine's Day. All right, let's get started. Number 10. Throw an anti-Valentine's Day party. You could invite some friends over or even just have your own one-person party and watch some not-so-romantic movies and eat as much chocolate as your stomach can handle. They list Gone Girl as a great option, which I definitely agree with, or any other movie that makes you feel glad you're single. And of course, feel free to decorate for your party no matter how big or small. I recommend black plates, napkins, streamers, and maybe even break out some of your Halloween decor if you want to make things extra spooky. Number nine, use this time to channel your emo side and write some poetry. Either write a poem for someone you care about or start a poetry journal just to keep to yourself sort of like a more romantic diary. I know for me, listening to my favorite gothic romantic rock songs often inspires my own creativity. 
so give it a try. Listen to your favorite music or do whatever else inspires you and see if it gets your poetry writing juices flowing. Number eight, visit a psychic. So this is something that I've always wanted to do, but for some reason I've never taken the leap and done it. I used to live in Los Angeles, and it felt like there was a psychic shop on every corner. So maybe it was my hesitancy about which ones were legit or not holding me back. But anyway, one day, when I get another opportunity, I'm going to take advantage of it and get a reading. And if you feel comfortable, you should too. You could ask about the future of you and your partner, or inquire about that special someone you maybe haven't met yet. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You could find out that you're likely going to die alone. Number seven, visit a local haunt. As can be discovered with a simple Google search, pretty much every city has ghost stories that are associated with it. Some are more obvious, like Salem, Massachusetts, but no matter where you live, Google your city and find a creepy place with a haunted history to go explore. For example, I currently live in the St. Louis, Missouri area, which is home to more haunted sites than one may assume. The Lemp Mansion is a well-known residence which was formerly owned by a family that was riddled with mysterious deaths and suicides. Because of this, the mansion is said to be haunted by the spirits of the deceased family members. The mansion is now home to a restaurant. Sounds like a great spooky date night dinner to me. Number six, check out a local murder mystery night. So I've never been to a formal murder mystery night, but I have played a couple of at-home murder mysteries with friends and family on New Year's Eve. If you Google murder mystery games, tons of options come up. They include all of the clues, evidence, and other things you need to solve a murder. You could either stay in with your friends or partner and work on one of these at-home mysteries, or you could find out if any organization in your area is hosting a formal murder mystery night. Oftentimes, around major holidays such as Valentine's Day, Murder mystery nights that are themed to that holiday are available. Number five, play with a Ouija board. Are you interested in making friends with spirits from outside this realm? If so, you might consider playing with a Ouija board this Valentine's Day. If you're wondering what the future of your relationship is, you can ask the spirits and see what they have to say. If you're single, Gather your friends to see what your future significant other's names may be. Make sure you set the mood right in the room with candles and maybe some soft music playing in the background. Number four, take a local ghost tour. If you live in an area that offers a local ghost tour, this can make for a fun gothic Valentine's Day. I personally love a walking ghost tour. I feel like it really immerses you in the town or city you're taking the tour in, and it's a great way to learn both the regular and haunted history of the area. I've been on a few walking ghost tours, but my favorite by far 
was in Salem, Massachusetts. What better place to do a ghost tour than one of the most haunted places in America? I highly recommend it if you're ever there. Number three, go to a concert. I personally love a good concert. There are few things better on this planet, in my opinion, than great live music. It's invigorating, inspiring, and seeing your favorite artist perform live can really be a magical experience. Of course, during the pandemic, we've all been a little deprived, but thankfully it's making a comeback. Sorry, but those TV or live stream concerts just aren't the same. So if there is a band you like coming to your city around Valentine's Day, why not have a musical date night and go support the return of live music? Number two, have a horror movie night at home. Horror movies aren't just for Halloween time. Turn out the lights and cuddle up on the couch in front of some of your favorite horror movies. Whether you opt for Dracula, Scream, or The Exorcist, there are plenty of great options out there to choose from. To really put a Valentine's Day touch on this movie night, check out My Bloody Valentine for a true Valentine's Gone Wrong experience. If horror movies aren't really your cup of tea, that's okay. Instead, watch a Tim Burton movie like The Nightmare Before Christmas or Edward Scissorhands. And last but not least, number one, visit a local cemetery together. Or by yourself, I might add. I think this might be my personal favorite idea out of the whole list. I've had a long fascination with cemeteries. I love looking at them. I love going on walks through them. I love taking pictures in them. Taking a stroll through a local cemetery at night could make for a very amazing gothic Valentine's Day. If you go with a friend or partner, you can talk about your hopes, dreams, and thoughts on love, life, and death. Just remember to always be respectful to those who are buried there and loved ones who may be visiting the deceased. Cemeteries are a great date option because pretty much every town has one, if not multiple, and they are free to visit. So there's no awkward figuring out whether you're going to split the check or not thing at the end. Sounds like a perfect Valentine's celebration to me. Do you have any unique holiday-related stories? Know of anything dark, creepy, or unusual related to any holiday? Or do you just generally have something that you think is relatable to the podcast that you'd like to share? If so, I'd love to hear about it. Email Kristen at HolidaysAfterDark.com or direct message at Holidays Podcast on Instagram or Twitter. I'll include these in the show notes. I would love to feature your story or fun fact on a future episode of Holidays After Dark. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss your dose of holiday darkness. A rate or review would also be greatly appreciated. If you've ever experienced a bad breakup, I'm sure you've had thoughts of wishing you had never met that person, or wishing you could forget about them altogether. 
but would that really be the best way to deal with your pain? On the next episode, I will be discussing the 2004 film Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, starring Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet, which explores that very concept and the complexities of falling in and out of love with someone. If you want, watch the movie before you listen to the episode. But don't worry, even if you don't, I still think you'll find the episode worth listening to. Today I will leave you with a quote from one of the kings of darkness, Edgar Allan Poe. I was never really insane, except upon occasions when my heart was touched.